911. With stroke, be fast. It can be the difference between life and death. A message from Montana DPHHS. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, George. So I, I do want to give an update on uh, Montana Highway Patrol Trooper Lewis Johnson. So I'm going to I'm going to keep this right in front of me here so that uh, so that we can share that with our listeners. Uh, but yeah, back to the story. So Luster Christian, the Luster Christian Lions, uh, they are playing in the Class C basketball tournament. And I, I we kind of told our listeners where Luster is at. So, George, they have at this. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I might even uh, try to get up to this this year. It's coming up March 24th. It's the 58th annual German Festival of Tasting. It's Schmeckfest at Luster Christian High School. And so it's kind of like their big fundraiser. So, yeah. they, so they, you know, it's it's an all-you-can-eat German smorgasbord. They also have an online auction and a bake sale, entertainment. But anyway, it's supposed to be a really good time. So I, I need to get up there for it one of these years. But the story that I actually wanted to share, uh, this comes, uh, I think, Brooke... Is it Toes or Taves? I've seen it. I've seen it pronounced the same spelling, pronounced two different ways. But Brooke uh, Holes uh, Richter, uh, Brooke. I hope I pronounced your name right here. So, you know, a lot of these basketball teams. So, like the basketball teams that are in Bozeman, they're going to go to the Gallatin Valley Mall. They're going to go check out their favorite restaurants. Same thing in Billings. They're going to. Oh, maybe they're going to go to Olive Garden. You know, a, a place that they wouldn't normally see in Northeast Montana. Or the coach is going to take them to Shields, and they're going to go see the latest sporting goods, right? Well, the Luster, the coach of the Luster Christian Lions, uh, here's what they did instead. They they took uh, the the kids on the basketball team, and they went to basically a local, you know, senior living home, and they had some former Luster residents, oh. big supporters of the basketball team over the years, and they brought them to the senior living home to go say hello to their former Luster residents just to say hi, to check in on them. How cool of a story is that? Now, right there, you've got some teachers and coaches in that school that uh, got it going on right there. That That is a neat, neat thing. That Wow. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Randy Reddig, Luster's coach, took the team to a large assisted living nursing home to visit a number of former Luster residents. One was... Dennis Toes. Now it could be Toes. It could be Taves. I've got friends that have that that name that they pronounce it different ways, so that's why I say it could be. But anyway, they visited Dennis from the Luster class of 1966. Though never a basketball player himself, he's been an avid, enthusiastic fan of every Luster team since, uh, and he was also their faithful volunteer statistician and over the top cheerleader they visited bob baker and many others so anyway hats off uh in a huge way to coach reddick and the rest of luster's leadership circle for truly being not only basketball coaches but life coaches as well wow cool story yeah great story anyway yeah it's it's fun to share the the good news out there and the good stories of the day because uh man there's there's a lot of stories in the news where you and i talk about it and it's like what in the world is going on now (laughs) (laughs) yeah i still don't know what's going on out there it's a little bit crazy uh, good things happening in the middle of nowhere, at least. Yeah, uh, that, I tell you, that, that warms my heart. I, I, man, 
That's great. You had a friend that you were going to bring by today, but... Uh, JT with well, the Bearded Viking. Yeah, yeah. so the Bearded Viking. It sounds like a Schmeckfest event, but what is the Bearded well, Viking? Well, so he's an Army veteran, and he's involved in a lot of ways in the veterans community, but he's opening up a new business. And, you know, I wish he was here. We'll have him sometime. We'll talk about this. But they have mead so yeah. you can go there and drink some mead. So I don't know if mead is a brewery, a distillery, a winery. I don't even know yeah. what it is technically. Well, I know what it is. I just don't know what you call it, where you make it. Have you had mead before? I never have. So mead, I guess it's like a, is it a honey wine? It's something like that. It's, now it's a Norwegian thing, so I'm surprised that, that I hadn't had it when I, when I was a kid. Because, you know, I've, I love Lefsa and, you know, many, most things Norwegian. I say most things because, uh, you know, I, I still don't want to try a, a lutefisk. But uh, <laughs> I went to the, there's a meadery. They're called meteries. Meadery. Okay. There and you go. There's one in Bozeman called Valhalla Meadery. And we had a uh, a Bunker Labs event there. Bunker Labs is this uh, great veterans organization. They, if you're a veteran that wants to start your own business, Bunker Labs is kind of this network of yeah. you know entrepreneurs and veterans. And so they did an event at the uh, at the Valhalla Meadery in Bozeman. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. I, I think it's a honey wine, if I remember right. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll look it up over the break. I I just thought he was going to be here and tell us all about it. So I didn't do a lot of research. It, it on was it. so classic Bozeman too because. You know, because uh, the guy behind the bar, I mean, you know, you could tell he's kind of one of these Bozeman hipsters. Oh, yeah. And uh, so he had this fancy mustache that looked like an old Wild Western mustache where it was, you know, twisted oh, out. Yeah. Where yeah. it rolled down and was twisted out at the end. So fancy Western style mustache. But he shaved the other half of it off. So he had the fancy mustache on half uh-huh. of his face, and the other half of his face was shaved clean at the time. So I was like, well, we are in Bozeman. It's you America. Know. You can do whatever you <laughs> want to right. do. Like- God bless you, man. Just keep the glass full. <laughs> That's good. right. Just yeah. keep them coming. That's all Just we need you to do. Keep them coming. Hey, did you see this story about uh, – I don't know if you heard this in the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, so liberal Senator John Tester uh, – you know, he tries to portray himself as an everyday kind of guy. Yeah. You know, I, I don't go out. You mean to, multimillionaire? John yeah, multi, yep, yep, okay. yep, same guy, same multimillionaire who bashes multimillionaires. Well, apparently, over the years, he has racked up over $1.2 million in restaurant bills at fancy restaurants in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Wow. Are you surprised? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, you know what? I'm not going to make fun of somebody that likes to eat because so do I. But, yeah. you know, for somebody that talks down to other people for having money, that, yeah, that's pretty profound. I was going to say, yeah, same same thing for me. You know, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to knock him for, uh, for his size, but I am going to knock him for living high on the hog while sticking the rest of us with the bill, the grocery bill, the gas bill, everything. Four five seven eight one six. That's eight hundred two four five seven eight one six. Again, eight hundred two four five seven eight one six. This is where Montana talks ag with Lane Nordland. As the Commodity Classic continues here in Orlando, Florida this weekend, I was able to catch up with Nicole Berg. She's the president of the National Association of Wheat Growers from Washington State. And she said several issues have impacted the nation's wheat farmers, but Russia's war in Ukraine has caused quite a lot of disruptions for the supply chain and wheat markets. 
Oh, it impacted us because we were on a roller coaster with wheat prices, limit up, limit down. Then you get into the input side of fertilizers, you know, just going tripling um, in input costs, fertilizer fuel, all that. It's been amazing what a conflict like that can do to the wheat industry and how we we truly are a global market, but it really magnified the fact we're a global market. In the Farm Bill is on the minds of all commodity groups here in Orlando. Nicole Berg shared more of the wheat growers' priorities for the legislation. Some of our priorities are crop insurance. We also want to see the reference price increased. We um, talk about voluntary incentive-based programs. We like to keep them voluntary incentive-based. We don't want to see um, conservation attached to crop insurance. Crop protection products. First time forever that I've been around farm policy that the protection of crop protection products is in our top 10. That's Nicole Berg, the outgoing president of the National Association of Wheat Growers, just the second woman to ever serve in that position. I'm Lane Ortlund. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, George, let me share this update here on our uh, Montana Highway Patrol Trooper, and then we'll, we'll jump into the phone lines here as well, 406-294-0970. Uh, the Montana Highway Patrol sharing this update on Trooper Lewis Johnson. Remember, he was run down by that uh, criminal suspect in northwest Montana, severely uh, injured, uh, is not able to walk, but they are confident uh, that in in the, you know, the long uh, road ahead that he will regain uh, uh, the ability to walk. But anyway, here's what they what they gave on the latest update. We can report that Trooper Lewis Johnson has completed his first week at Craig Hospital in Inglewood, Colorado, and has been getting up and dressed for PT and OT every day. He continues to battle with the injuries sustained to his chest by fluid buildup in the chest cavity, making it difficult to breathe. For now, he is in a powered mobility chair until his left shoulder heals more the community support has been incredible and the family is truly grateful his room is starting to fill up with cards and beautiful drawings please keep them coming and then they remind us that there is the gofundme page if you want to keep supporting the uh, uh the family of trooper lewis johnson and that also they have a an account set up at the first montana bank in libby if you want to donate directly through there as well so so uh yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's same thing that uh, Great Falls Police Chief was saying. The support, the cards, all that is is great, and it just keeps pouring in for both of these uh, wounded law enforcement officers. Yeah, it, you know, it's terrible that happened. I these uh, men and women in law enforcement get up every day and they go out and they do a tough job, and and it's a dangerous job. So. Hopefully he'll recover 100% and get to feeling better. Yeah, that's right. And the the, the really uh, incredible thing about that whole story with Trooper Lewis Johnson, too, is that he also served in the National Guard. And so did the the Lincoln County Sheriff's deputy who saved his life. They both served together in the National Guard, and they're both serving on the on the streets and law enforcement. So, yeah, that's the thing we, we find about so many of our fellow veterans: the service doesn't stop. That's right. You know, they they continue to serve uh, their whole lives, and and I think that's great. And you sure, you know, you get a lot out of life if you're out there doing that type of service service to others and and that's uh, great you always find that you th- you think you're going to help somebody else and then you realize that that they ended up helping you a heck of a lot more than you, <laughs> you helped them don't you yeah you know that's true uh you, you get a lot more out of it i think when you do those types of things and help people than uh than they do you yeah know, it's 
All right. Well, let's get into the phone lines here. 406-294-0970. Kevin in Billings, thanks for the call. What's on your mind this morning? Well, I was wondering, I was first of all, I was listening to Glenn Beck a little earlier today, and he was talking about the, I, I can't remember the name of the bill, something to do with inflation, but they crept energy in there. And the coal plant, there's a coal plant in the Great Lakes in the East Coast shutting down, and I guess there's one in Utah shutting down. Now, Utah has a bill that says that they can't, the government cannot force these coal plants in Utah to shut down. I don't know if it's passed. Do you think Montana is going to do something like that? Because I understand these regulations are pretty fierce. How do you think that's going to affect Montana? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Kevin, thanks for that call. George, that's a great question there from Kevin and Billings. We actually we had a caller. I, I forget what time of day it was yesterday, uh, but we had a caller raise that very same issue. I'm trying to look through and see who it was so I can give her credit here. Uh, but uh, – yeah. Uh, oh, it was Linda in Billings uh, yesterday who raised this very issue. But, uh, yeah, I, in fact, I just messaged uh, our contacts at the Montana legislature to see if there is similar legislation that is being pushed through the Montana legislature as well. We've already lost Coal Strip 1 and 2, uh, thanks to you know John Tester, Steve Bullock, and the Democrats and their environmental group buddies. But we've got a fight to hold on to Coal Strip 3 and 4. Yeah, and, you know, it's sad that we have to – so we have – politicians that create this problem they they pass legislation uh and rules that that uh, eliminate this and then you have the other politicians that have to pass rules to bring it back and you know the thing that gets me about all this aaron is in the name of uh i don't know being green or alternative energy or whatever you want to say uh, they don't think about the people that they're putting out of work and, and how much that affects people. And it's just uh, the more we learn about some of this renewable energy um, and what it costs and, and how it fails, it's, uh, I don't know, it's it's maddening. Yeah, it's, it's undermining the American economy. It's, it's causing chaos in this country. It's further weakening our electric reliability. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, China, the communist Chinese are ramping up their attacks. Uh, Russia, we all know what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. Uh, and uh, But literally, it feels like we are in a war here, a, a war against American energy, a war against the traditional agricultural production, agriculture economy as well. In fact, I think you've got a friend that might join us here in a few minutes talking about what the Montana agro women are up to as well. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. We'll, okay. We'll, right. I'm, I'm not having a good day on yeah. guests today. <laughs> That's all right, because we got plenty of stuff to talk about, and uh, we got the phone lines I open. Got a freedom well. story you got a freedom story yeah all up. right well it's starting to feel like that's just a, a fairy tale anymore <laughs> given what's going on oh this is the canada one right yeah fox news i'm chris foster more new jobs were created in the U.S. last month than most economists expected. We came in at 311,000 for non-farm jobs for the month of February. The estimate was 205,000. As for the unemployment rate, 3.6%, that came in higher. Shell Cassoni with Fox Business. Their two friends were rescued from kidnappers Tuesday. Now the bodies of two South Carolina men killed in Mexico have been returned to the United States. Shahid Woodard's father, James. It's just crazy to see your own child taken from you. In such a way, you know, on a violent way like that, and he didn't deserve it because he was—he was, he was a sweetheart, you know. He was, had a big heart.
Now, a Mexican drug cartel has turned over five men it says are responsible for the kidnapping and murder, saying they acted on their own. Those men are now being questioned by police in Mexico. America's listening to Fox News. Hey, well, this is this is great, George. We got a celebrity in the studio, and it's not just George Blackard on Freedom Friday. <laughs> John Mackhart, the general manager of KCGM Radio from Scobie, Montana, is in the house. Uh, yeah, big uh, Class C basketball tournament. So a lot of our friends uh, from Northeast Montana are, are down here. I saw uh, Arlen Call. He uh, he's a great guy. He retired out of the Border Patrol. He was he was running the Border Patrol for Northeastern Montana. Turned down promotions because he wanted to stay. In his in his home country, Northeast Montana. I think yeah. he grew up in Scobie, but then started working out of Plentywood. But uh, yeah, the Plentywood girls, I think, uh, have have had a really good basketball team this year. I'll, I'll have to check in with uh, with John during the break here. But uh, uh, very close. You know, Scobie's like what is it? Twenty miles from the forty four miles from the Canadian border. Yeah. Or, 14 miles from the Canadian, but 44 from Plentywood, right? Yeah, there we go. So 14 miles from the Canadian border. That's where Scobie, Montana is. Great, uh, great town. Well, speaking of Canada. Speaking of Canada. Here we go. Speaking of Canada. All right. So we know that uh, uh, people are just crazy, right? We know that. So here's a a story from Canada. Giving the middle finger is a God-given right. So this is a crazy story. So <laughs> you, you, in case you ever wondered, it's a God-given right, at least in Canada. So you have these two neighbors, and it sounds like they argued quite a bit, and they didn't get along much. And uh, one day it got especially heated. And the crazy thing is this one neighbor looks at his other neighbor. He holds up a handheld drill, and he says... You mm, crazy neighbor, you mm, adding your mm, dead. F word this, F word that. Yeah, that's you're what dead, he said. Something you're dead. like that. So he says that to the other neighbor. The right. other neighbor responds how? He flips him the bird. So he says, yeah, here you go. Give Guess who called 911? Who called 911? The one that told the one neighbor he was going to kill him. You're dead. That's the one who <laughs> called the police. So he calls the police. The other neighbor had flipped him the bird. And the funny thing is, it says uh, he... There's uh, somebody's like a ring camera or something. They caught all this on video oh, and, nice. and they said, yeah, sometimes you use one hand to do it. And sometimes you use them both. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, I, th- I think the judge uh, used some real common sense. And this is something that, you know, we've got a lot of judges here in Montana that are uh, questionable. But he says, to be abundantly clear, it is not a crime to give someone the finger. Flipping the proverbial bird is a God-given character enshrined right that belongs to every red-blooded Canadian. He's, he's, so, you know, he did say that it's uh, it's a shame that they weaponized the legal system to even bring this to court. Yeah, why are you even here? Like, yeah, why don't he, you guys just go, uh, you know, have some mead on your front porch and relax or something, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you I, know, I find this whole story fascinating, though, George. Like... You know, you have the God-given right to flip somebody to the bird in Canada. But if you were a Christian pastor in Calgary, you better not hold a street church service. That's right, because they'll arrest we'll you for th- that. We'll throw you behind bars, Pastor. But, you know, if Pastor Pulaski had just flipped somebody the bird, he'd be cool. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks 
with Aaron Flint. All right, back to it here. Freedom Friday with George Blackard, another extended edition here this morning. Yeah, it's fun talking with uh, with John Mackhart here from uh, KCGM Radio in Scobie. He's down here for the Class C tournament. So, yeah, a couple of upsets. So, uh, so Luster Christian. First time ever in the state tournament for Class C, they've got they've got a player from Taiwan. They've got players from all over the world that that go to Luster uh, to be on this, to be to live in these dormitories and to go to this Christian school because it has such a, a good reputation. But uh, yeah, they've got a really really good basketball team this year. But they they had an upset. Uh, last night, uh, Big Sandy beat them 60-47, to 47. and so next, I think Luster Christian plays actually at 11 o'clock this morning against Lone Peak, so uh, so they're facing off. Now, on the Class C girls' side of the house, yeah, Plentywood. Plentywood's got a, a, a good team uh, this year, but they, uh, let's see, the Plentywood girls actually lost to Roy Winifred uh, a, a couple of days ago. Uh, but but they get the but they get the opportunity to play that. But then they took out Ekalaka, so now Plentywood will play Manhattan Christian uh, later today. The girls will play at uh, 4:30 this afternoon. So anyway, that's just just. Uh, but it was kind of funny talking with John Mackhart. We're like, okay, how do you even get to Luster from Scobie? Because as the crow flies, Luster and Scobie aren't that far apart. But yeah, he said he said every road to Luster is a back road. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you can't get there from here. So. Yeah. Uh, hey, I had a question that came in. This is from Light Brows in Harden. Listening to the show, this came in on our Montana Talks app. Nobody has answered the question: Who provides all the funding for these environmental groups? I am convinced it is the Russians and the Chinese. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, light brows you actually reminded me of a story that i meant to share yesterday uh so i will get to that here in just a second because i think it answers your very question in the meantime though george uh, tell us about the, this latest medal of honor recipient here since it is freedom friday yeah exactly so you know uh, occasionally they'll go back and award a medal of honor to someone who earned it uh, years ago, and uh, they make it right. And that's what happened this time. So uh, President Biden awarded the Medal of Honor to retired Colonel Paris Davis for heroism in Vietnam. So Paris Davis was one of the first uh, black officers in the Green Berets. So he's a Green Beret, um, and, and you, that tells you a lot. If you've been in the military, you know what that means. And so his Medal of Honor nomination was lost twice back then they they wrote him up for this in the 60s and wanted to award him this medal and his paperwork got lost twice so it's uh it's fitting that they they kept this going and and finally uh awarded him this now so he it was in 1965 and he uh uh paris was contingent of men a lot of uh, south vietnamese and a few americans on a nighttime raid and within minutes of this raid they were pinned down by an overwhelming uh force and captain davis rallied his team to fight back they were so close to the enemy that he was battling them hand to hand that's how close they were um after hours of fighting 
Davis realized that uh, a couple of his fellow Americans were injured, and he ran through withering fire uh, multiple times to bring them back. Um, even after being shot in the leg, he refused medical evacuation when reinforcements arrived and returned to save another teammate who was wounded in the initial counterattack. He only left the scene after all members of his company had reached safety. So it's, you know, it's a shame it took this long to get this to him. But the good news is he's alive to receive it. So it's not posthumously. Um, and it, it's... It's well-deserved. It's too. It's sad that it just took this long. it took this it. long, yeah. And, hey, by the way, if if you're listening to the show right now and, and you are a Green Beret, I know there's yeah, there's a few of yeah. you. Not not that many of you because of the challenge that it takes to actually earn that. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm not a Green Beret myself, but I've, I've served with some incredible ones. If you are a Green Beret here in Montana uh, and you are not a member of the Special Forces Association, uh, go to sfa28.org. That is the, the Montana chapter, the Big Sky chapter. That is the Devil's Brigade chapter of the Special Forces Association. So go to sfa28.org. I'm a life associate member myself as, as, as well. It's an incredible organization. The great Willie Blazer uh, from Willie's Distillery yeah. uh, in Ennis, he's a Green Beret. He, uh, he was an Army Ranger before that, and, and he's a, a big part of the uh, SFA 28 chapter. So, so if if you're out there, I'd encourage you to get involved with it uh, for sure. Uh, back to Light Brows and Harden. His question: Who is funding all these radical environmental groups? I, I actually had this story in my stack of stuff yesterday, and for some reason I didn't get to it here. Uh, but this is the headline. Le- it's from the DailyCaller.com. Left-wing billionaires nonprofit is pushing a TikTok campaign against American energy, and the story is about a gentleman by the name of Hans-Jörg Wies. Hans Wies is a wealthy Swiss financier. Hans Wies, if, 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 I, if, if I had just gotten uh, that message from Lightbrows and Harden, who's funding all these environmental groups? Hans Wies is one of the first names I would have thrown out there. This guy, he's heavily tied to the University of Montana. He donates to all their radical environmental initiatives. He funds all these Democrat Party front groups. He is a financial backer of the American Prairie Reserve, which is trying to kick the ranchers off the land here in Montana. And so, so, but, but how rich is this? Here's a, a foreign billionaire who is funding all these radical environmental groups to undermine the American economy, to, to undermine American culture, and he's pushing a TikTok campaign against American energy. TikTok is the Chinese, communist Chinese-owned social media app. So he's using a communist Chinese platform to undermine the American economy. Yeah, we live in a complex world. I mean, we really do. But I tell you what, that infuriates me that some dude from Switzerland is over here spending money to affect our way of life in our country. And if you're right, these other countries are helping finance this stuff. So it's it's not all just coming from within. And that's why you have to pay attention. People, we talk about this all the time. Pay attention to what's going on because we have forces from outside of our country that's trying to affect us. And what happens is if they can do certain things under the guise of uh, the environment, that can make us less ready 
and more vulnerable to attacks from other countries. And well, so it's yeah. it's deep. It goes and deep. It, it reminds me this this unconventional warfare that is taking. We were talking about special forces guys earlier. This unconventional warfare that is taking place against America right now. Uh, I, I think that's that's what we have seen. That's what we have seen with COVID-19 and the lockdowns and, and the undermining the American economy. Look at all these food manufacturing facilities that have been targeted. Uh, look at the cyber attacks that have taken place. Uh, look, we're funding a war in Ukraine right now. You don't you, you don't mean to tell me that Russia isn't going to be trying to do stuff on our uh, on our own soil right now. You don't you mean to tell me that you don't think that the communist Chinese are doing stuff on our own soil right now. But uh, on the other but uh, tied in with that is we see this war against American energy and this weaponization of our own government taking place against we the people coming from our own government it's just like the twitter files hearing on capitol hill yesterday that i talked about in the six o'clock hour yeah absolutely i oh man aaron i'm getting fired up now i told you um it's it's uh it, it do some research. That's that's what I would like everybody to do today. Take a few minutes, do a little research, and do a little uh, web search about who's funding this, who's funding that. Educate yourself, and so that you know, because it's uh, if you really get into it and look at it deeply, it'll scare you. That's right. That's right. Well, we'll talk more about the Twitter files hearing on Capitol Hill yesterday and the influence operations. That's how Michael Schellenberger called it. Uh, but first, the the other big story that we talked about this morning liberal senator john tester pretends to be just an everyday every man but yet he's racked up over 1.2 million dollars in restaurant bills at fancy washington dc restaurants you know i'll tell you what that's why i'm really glad i went through billings last diet because you know man i got back from my last deployment i was putting on the pounds and uh, couldn't get them off and you know the thing is is when when you get in that lifestyle where you just eat too much it also gets to be really expensive, especially with the, the John Tester Biden inflation that we've got going on right now. So so thanks to Billings Last Diet, not only did I lose 33 pounds in under three months, I've kept it off four years later, but I'll bet you I've saved a lot of money. Uh, I've saved a lot of money where I'm not just going to get fast food because I feel like I need to eat right now. Uh, you save money. You lose weight. But more importantly, it's about your health. It's about being around for your kids and your grandkids. Check it out. It's the program that works. Billingslastdiet.com or call 294-6751. More Freedom Friday with George Blackard right after this. Fox News commentary. Well, folks, add January 6th to the list of things our government, Democrats, and Republicans have lied to us about. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. There is always someone doing something stupid somewhere. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Join me, Jason Chaffetz, every Wednesday as I shed light on the news and make some predictions along the way. You never know who will drop in. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Trump-Russia collusion, Hunter Biden's laptop, COVID, social media censorship, all things they lied about. And now, thanks to Speaker McCarthy and Tucker Carlson, we can add another event to that list, January 6th. The day was atrocious and horrible. That's not who we are as conservatives or Trump supporters. But the fact that we have been bald-faced lied to about at least some of the events of January 6th is also repulsive. As Tucker Carlson has revealed this week, some of the debunked lies include Officer Brian Sicknick did not die due to the events of January 
January 6th, and the supposed QAnon shaman was seemingly escorted through the Capitol. The useless January 6th committee hid this from us, and the lies keep piling up. What's done? Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SMART for 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SMART. Well, I think you would be shocked at the lack of support that is provided to the families of fallen law enforcement officers. Thankfully, State Senator Barry Usher out of Billings is stepping up to do something about it. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, Senator Usher was telling us about how a family lost uh, their husband, lost a father, a sheriff's deputy, and then they got a f- independence. Your life. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios. Trusted by the Northwest. Montana owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana. Statewide. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yes, the Twitter files, the Twitter files in the congressional hearing that took place yesterday. For those of you who missed uh, the 6 o'clock hour, we did a, a deep dive on the Twitter files hearing from yesterday. But I think Jim Jordan summed it up very well. The corruption in our federal government, the, co- the, the collusion that took place between the federal government and these social media firms to silence your free speech uh, rights and to, to meddle in the election, to interfere in our elections and to support the Democrats. Here's how Jim Jordan summed it up on Tucker Carlson's program yesterday. They funded these these NGOs from various federal agencies, and they all work together to pressure social media, in many ways just pressure mainstream media to to limit certain types of speech, to take down accounts. There was even the third day in the White House of the Biden administration, there was even an email to Twitter saying, take down this tweet ASAP. Now, going back to this whole, this war against American energy, this war against our, our freedoms here in America, it really feels like we're in the middle of of you know unconventional warfare that is taking place against America. Listen to what one of those investigative reporters that testified at the Twitter files hearing yesterday had to say. This is how he described it. This is Michael Schellenberger. This is basically a turning of the national security state from the kind of psychological operations they they launched abroad into the United States using the exact same kind of influence operation tactics that they used abroad on the American people. Anyway, basically how they have used the weapons of war, now the federal government is using those weapons against we the people. George Blackard, your thoughts? You know, this social media is is a uh, powerful thing, and we see that because we had the government, our own government, that was controlling social media when it comes to COVID and the messages that got out and that sort of thing. It's It wasn't just Twitter doing that, right? It was our government Facebook, that was doing that. Local Facebook. TV stations. Exactly. All of them, yeah. And, and so that's what I mean. Pay attention because our government, our politicians can get up there now and scream all they want to about Twitter and whether they're doing this or doing that. But our own government used that tool against, against us. Against us, yeah. And they, they won't hesitate to do that. You During the break, you were like, oh, I got one other thing I want to talk about. I got something else I got to talk about. That's <laughs> so, how it always happens. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, we have so many people in this country that aren't paying attention to the important things, right? And they should be. But here's one. So you have, uh, let's, let's just say sometimes the left, they want to be forgiven for all their transgressions, right? If they did something years ago, in fact, our president appoints people to positions that uh, these people were essentially uh, terrorists 
back in the 60s, right? They bombed things and did all this. But it's okay now, right? That was back then. Well, people are, today are up in arms because Mark Wahlberg, the actor, okay, he's at the SAG Awards. He presents an award to an Asian, predominantly Asian cast of a show, right? So he's up there presenting an award. That's all he's doing. Yeah. People on social media lose their minds because when Mark Wahlberg, who's now 51, when he was 16, he went to jail for what they now call a hate crime. Back then, they would have said, yeah, he beat up two Asian guys, right? So they're saying But that, did he beat them up because they were Asian or did he beat them up because they deserved to get their butts kicked? Well, who knows? Yeah, but back yeah. then, you know, there was no such thing as a hate crime because I contend that all crime is hate. Right, I don't. I don't exactly. think that that uh, it's special because it's one George, color I'm, person. You beat George, up. I'm stealing your pickup because I really love you, George. So that's why I'm stealing. Exactly, your it's a love crime. Exactly, <laughs> all crime is hate crimes. But, I love your pickup. I'm stealing it. But that's what people crime. are paying attention to, and that's what they're up in arms about. Are well, you kidding? What me? I saw is so that was a CBS News report. I, when I had first heard that story, they were also complaining because. Well, he's a white guy, and they should—they should have found an Asian guy to give an award to the Asian guy. Why do they have a white guy giving the award to the Asian guy? So, so ten years ago, we're complaining that that people of color weren't getting awards in Hollywood. Now we're complaining that they're getting awards, but it happened to be a white guy giving them an award. I mean, I, I want to go Will Smith on some of these people and just walk up and just smack them, whether we're well, at an award show. Now or we not. don't advocate violence around here, Aaron. Come on, you I, know I that. said I want to. I'm not gonna. Oh, okay, all right. I want to. Well, yeah. you know, it's it's sad. It's so sad that, you know, by their mentality, it's like, you know what? We're not giving them that award because we can't find an Asian guy to give it to them. <laughs> I, gee, Chris, wake up, people. Come, come on. Coming from the same white liberals that discriminate against Asians. No, no, no. Too many Asians here can't go to college here. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. your typical white liberals. There so, you go. George Blackard, always Thanks, a Aaron. pleasure. Happy Freedom Friday to you. Thanks for being with us. Uh, the USS Montana Commander and Crew. They're in Bozeman today. They're up next.